Hey sexy, welcome to The Gloat, the greatest lover of all time. I'm Alpha Mama, erotic evangelist, poet, preacher, and protagonist in my own epic life. I'm here to spread the gospel of self-love and liberation. I want you to stay horny for life, to live life like you fucking mean it. Welcome to church, bitch, where the sermon always hits and the vibe is lit. What is the greatest lover of all time? You know, I have copped a lot of heat in my career, in my life, in my social circles, because I'm extremely self-obsessed. And what some people call narcissism, I call extreme gratitude and appreciation for the gift of my life. See, the thing about me that a lot of people mistake is they think that when I say I'm the gloat, when I say I'm alpha mama, you know, my record label's God Queen. These are terms that are extremely extra, extravagant. And people think that what I'm saying is I'm the best in the whole world. Like I'm on some Kanye tip. And I don't have a problem with Kanye being on his Kanye tip, but that's not really where I'm coming from. You know, when I say I'm the gloat, I'm holding myself to my own standards. I'm measuring myself up to my own integrity. I'm measuring myself up to my own potential and what I believe is true and real and right and important for me. And being the greatest lover of all time is not some, you know, delusional, empty, superficial self-love. To me, it's like love in the truest, purest sense of the word, love as the underlying fabric of the universe, love as the ultimate goal of our soul's evolution to understand like what love really is. We as a species are consumed and obsessed by love and the pursuit of it. And it's so elusive and it's so heartbreaking and it's gut-wrenching and it's all of our stories are fueled by our obsession with love. And yet it is so simple. It's so here and so available and so present. If we could just remove the obstacles, if we could just remove our conditions, if we could just get the fuck out of our own way, love is who we are. Love is what is always present. So when I say I'm the gloat, I mean it as a permission slip. I mean it as inspiration for myself to love better, to love truer, to love deeper. You know, when I say I'm alpha mama, like even that, my stage name wasn't about me. It was firstly a play on words. My initials are AM. And so it was like, okay, alpha mama. And it was a play on words from alpha male, right? The alpha male. But the reason why I chose it and stepped into it was because I wanted to honor feminine leadership. I wanted to honor the women in my family, the women like my mother, my grandmother, my cousin, my aunties. And I just saw the women in my life going above and beyond and not getting the recognition they deserve and not having platforms and spaces to tell their stories. And for me, choosing that name Alpha Mama was an honoring to the women in my life. And I wanted it to be a permission slip and inspiration for others 
to step into whatever their version of Alpha Mama is, whatever that means to them. I fucking love this life so much. And I experience such huge and profound levels of joy and freedom and just deep communion with life. I want to share that. And the best way I know how to do that is by living my life in a very big extra way. It's not to prove myself. It's because I want to give. I want to give what I have. And I have so much, you know, the gloat. Um, is not about having lots of lovers, but for me, one of the ways that it translates is that I do have a lot of lovers. And the reason is because I have a lot to give. And in my experience, when I'm romantically involved with people, usually what they have to give is is less than what I have in terms of time, energy, capacity, love languages. And if I had one lover, then I would be feeling unmet. Uh, They would be feeling bombarded and overwhelmed. (laughs) And that's been my experience a lot in my dating life and relating life. So the best way for me to love is to diversify and put my love into lots of different relationships. And that really serves me. The way I live triggers a lot of people. Uh, When I'm dating and I kind of tell people my principles, my philosophy, my ethos, sometimes they're quite shocked and taken aback and they're like, whoa, I could never do that. Or not even dating. Like one time I shaved my head, this was in 2011, and I shaved my head and I did this whole reveal on stage. It was like a bit of a party trick. And I had people telling me, oh, I could never do that. Women say, I could never shave my head. And I'm like, well, that's a fucking lie you could totally shave your head you've just never done it just because you've never done it and because you're afraid to or because you're afraid of what it's going to mean if you do it doesn't mean you can't do it the point is you get to be in communion with life and with love and journey your own journey and the gloat is going to be different for you you being the greatest lover of all time, the greatest lover that you can possibly be is going to look different to you because you are not me. So embrace that uniqueness. I'm just here to kind of live a permission slip, uh, be generous with my life and to show you what's possible. greatest lover of all time is not obsessing about what you can get from people to me anyway it's like how much of myself can I give to life to people not because I have to in order to be loved but because I am love when I realize that I am love I have infinite love to give it's just who I fucking am it's not hard for me to give I want people to realize that most people are actually holding back, are withholding themselves from life, withholding their love from life. I guess this is the thing that I'm really passionate about uh, because I see a lot of people in the self-development journey, doing their inner work, you know, doing their courses and programs and whatever, 
but their love lives are dry as fuck. And any opportunity that's presented to them to lean in and have connection, they say no because they're fucking terrified. They're terrified of getting rejected or terrified of being traumatized or terrified of actually what if it's a good thing and then I lose it. And so fear runs the show. Even though you've done hundreds of hours of fucking clearing and personal development work, you still can't fucking go on a date and let someone eat your pussy. Like, to me, that is sad. I feel sad for people because the joy of life, the richness of life, the wonder of life is in our relationships and being generous with your love. Like, I just want to slap people and say, stop being so fucking stingy. Be generous. Like, why is everyone so obsessed with, like, I need more boundaries. I need to, like, boundaries are good. I'm not saying boundaries are bad. They're an important developmental stage for us, like, to develop boundaries, to individuate. But to be honest with you, I think a lot of people are stuck in the setting boundaries phase. And oftentimes when they think they're setting boundaries, what they're actually doing is erecting walls around their heart because they're too scared to love. They're too scared to connect. And you'll see it all the time. They say they want intimacy, but they will say no to every opportunity to lean into intimacy. And I personally have to call bullshit on that. Don't understand it. My truest, my deepest, my realest love could be misconstrued, mistaken for arrogance, for having the courage to be enough to say that I love me, to know that I'm awesome, to have your dad. You call me a narcissist, ego-driven self-sufficient. Right, I want to talk about narcissists for a second. We've popped psychology, we've developed some language around trying to understand relating dynamics, but what it's evolved to is like anyone who breaks your heart and hurts you and doesn't do what you wanted them to do is a narcissist. Anyone who doesn't relate the way that you do is a narcissist oh you have an avoidant lover he's a narcissist oh your partner cheated on you he's a narcissist because it's always a fucking he some people have personality disorders but I would bet that majority of the time when someone is calling someone else a narcissist it's not a clinical diagnosis and I think it's really lazy and actually really toxic to just throw around the term narcissist willy-nilly just because you didn't like the experience you had with that person. Having said that, I have been called a narcissist a lot by people on the internet who see the side of me that is very self-obsessed I don't apologize for the fact that I'm obsessed with myself. I am the fucking center of my universe. There is a level of self-obsession that is required in order for me to love myself, to know myself, to promote myself, to sell myself. Here's the interesting thing, right? I went on a long tangent, but I'm going to bring it back. We get the word narcissist from the story of Narcissus, who was out in the forest 
and there was a forest nymph named Echo who was observing Narcissus and Echo looks at Narcissus and falls madly in, in love, quote unquote, in love, i.e. becomes infatuated and is stalking, not actually approaching Narcissus as a human and having a conversation, sussing the vibe, but literally just stalking and Narcissus knows there's someone there. So Narcissus is calling out, like, who's there? What's going on? I can feel your presence. Like, what the hell? We need to meet. And Echo is being a chicken shit and not saying anything. But when Narcissus says, we need to meet, Echo interprets that as meaning, oh, you want to be with me the way I want to be with you. Right? So Echo misunderstands what Narcissus says and thinks, Narcissus wants me. All right, this is on. So Echo comes out and basically throws themselves at Narcissus. And Narcissus is like, hell to the fucking no. Then Echo's all upset, forlorn. Narcissus looks into their reflection in the water and falls madly deeply in love with themselves. And somehow from this story, we have made Narcissus the bad guy. To me, looking at that story, Narcissus has got a really healthy level of self-esteem. Narcissus understands their value. Narcissus knows I'm a fucking catch. Who the hell are you, Echo? And why do you think you're entitled to my time? Why do you think you're entitled to my body? Why do you think you're entitled to my affections? I don't know you. And Narcissus looks in the mirror, the water mirror, and sees themselves as valuable, as special, as something that is to be celebrated and loved. And that's one of my self-love practices is looking into my own eyes in the mirror and practicing that self-love and self-acceptance and self-admiration. And I don't understand how culturally we've made Narcissus the bad guy. On the flip side, Narcissus could have taken the time, given Echo an opportunity to show who Echo really was and maybe a really beautiful relationship could have blossomed maybe it wouldn't have been romantic maybe it would have been platonic maybe it would have been they become best friends and adventure together forever who knows I do think that Narcissus being super closed off you know Narcissus had a limited experience of life when there could have been potential for adventure together and I think a lot of people do this as well I see it a lot in um, spiritual women in my community and they'll go on a first date with someone and they don't feel a chemistry immediately so they'll just can the whole thing how the fuck can you know someone within the first five minutes it's literally impossible to know someone you can know someone your whole lifetime and still never know them we are so infinite and complex but we have this unrealistic fantastical expectation in our relationships that we expect it to be fireworks from the minute we lay eyes on them 
and they're going to just know me and it's just going to feel like we've known each other forever and the sex is going to be amazing and they're just going to know what to say and intellectually we're just going to get along. Spiritually we're going to feel like soulmates, twin flames. I'm not saying that's impossible. Anything is possible. But waiting for that and in the meantime while you're waiting for it, you're sitting there sexless, loveless, intimacyless, funless, <laughs> because you're waiting for that perfect fantasy romance. What a fucking waste. Take a chance. Take a chance. Take a risk. Humans are fucking phenomenal. In giving people a chance, seeing them as the love that they are, even when they're not being the highest expression of the love that they could be, but seeing that and transfiguring them with the way you see them very often allows people to step into the love that they are. When we hold space for someone to show us their best face, that is what we see. sense she didn't wear armor to shield or protect herself she had a heart of fluorescent pink shining in view she was tested daily to keep it true i think one of the reasons why i'm so bold in the way i date is because i believe that life never wastes my time it's a belief that I've installed, I hold it true. And so therefore, wherever I am, whoever I am with, I trust that there's some gold in this for me. There's some treasure for me to mine here. I've had experiences with lovers where the first time I met them, I wasn't feeling it. Well, I didn't feel like intense chemistry, spark, whatever. I didn't want to jump their bones. But I asked myself the question, well, what authentically do I want to do with this person? What experience am I willing to have with them? It's like, I might not want to have sex with you right now, but you know what? I really want to massage your hands. Okay, cool. Or I would love for you to show me your favorite songs. Like we got to get creative in how we get to know each other. We got to learn the art of curiosity asking quality questions like can we can we find other roads and other routes of getting into a person's inner world just because you don't feel emotionally or sexually attracted to someone the first time you meet them it doesn't mean that that's the end of the journey I mean unless you make it mean that it could be that this person is going to go on to I don't know, maybe start a business with you or maybe you meant to learn something from them and maybe you wouldn't get that because you wrote them off in the first five minutes. Can you challenge yourself to find the beauty, the meaning, the purpose, the intention in every interaction that you have? I guess really what it comes down to for me is generosity being generous with yourself 
being generous with who you are, it's not taxing because it's who you are. My loving nature doesn't mean not boundaried, doesn't mean not fierce, doesn't mean not strong. It just means I'm not going to allow someone else's behavior, someone else's opinion, someone else's validation or non-validation to change who I am at my core. And that means I'm extremely generous with all of my lovers, regardless of what they can or can't do for me. We want more from life. We want more from people. We want more from our relationships. But are we willing to give more? Are we willing to be more? Let the baggage go. All the conditions, all the protecting, let it go. Being love is so much easier than being spite, being scared. And it's actually what you really want. It's what you really want. You want to be nourished by connection. Stop getting in your own way. Just fucking surrender to your own loving nature. (laughs) That is the whole point. That is the goal. You don't need a relationship to do that. You can do that right now. And the magic is when you do that, you can have any relationship you want. All right. That's enough from me. I love you so much. And um, I'll see you on the next episode. Let me know what you love, what you hated, um, what triggered you, what inspired you and what you would love to hear me riff on next. This podcast, The Gloat, now has a program. And it's the very first time that I'm running this program. So it's going to be live. I'm so fucking excited about it. This program is literally everything that I've been speaking about. My whole philosophy. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see I've been talking about this for years and years now. I am here to teach people how to live a life where you feel rich, loved, and well fucked. Where you have a relationship with yourself that is so deep, so absolutely full of ravenous love you feel fulfilled you feel free and you really get to live life like you fucking mean it you know that's the tagline so there's a course seven weeks it's going to be fun as fuck we have some amazing guest facilitators head to the link in the description and you will find the lead page there we're kicking off soon sign up it is a limited amount of people going through this first round and it's the only time i'm going to run this live so i know it's going to be lit because i have a lot of juice and aliveness for it right now so jump in i would love for you to journey the gloat a seven-week program with me and actually find what the greatest lover of all time looks like for you. That's it from me, folks. I'm signing off now.